When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Off Day Podcast with Andy Hart and Chris Shime on WEEI.com. Back for another Off Day Podcast. I'm Andy Hart along with our good friend and maybe the prescient one, Chris Shime, producer for the Greg Hill Show on WEEI. And we are in the midst of the legal tampering period as we record this, have not quite yet gotten to the official start of free agency, although it definitely feels like it's in full swing. And from a Patriots perspective, to touch on some of the big stories before I let uh, Shime take the uh, <laughs> the microphone, J.C. Jackson, oh, he gone. Yeah, he gone. Uh, I'd like to take a quick victory lap on that one for nailing the contract, basically. Yeah, we talked about this on the podcast. Like, we we had said right around that four for 72. Five um, for 80-something. Like, it was a palatable contract. But he's gone to the San Diego Chargers. Um, Patriots lose Ted Karras to the Bengals, who I think we also projected. Ted Karras to the Bengals. You had mentioned specifically the Bengals. So, well done by you. I think the Bengals should be a little annoyed with Bill Belichick because had they known that Shaq Mason was getting traded to the Bucks for a fifth-round pick... Probably would have rathered him. They may have wanted to be in on that. Um, Patriots, in terms of what they've been doing or bringing, uh, the latest name is Terrence Mitchell, veteran corner from the Houston Texans Ooh. on apparently a one-year, $3 million deal. Other than that, it's mostly uh, re-signing the, I think your former host calls them the Olds, yep. uh, Devin McCourty, Matthew Slater, James White, your captains are all back in the fold, uh, James Ferentz back in the fold, Nick Folk back in the fold. So, Shime, uh, you suggested last week on your show, and we touched on it on the podcast, that maybe this was a tank year, which I think is a strong word, that makes people bristle, but... We discussed last week on this podcast, it could be a bridge year. You could be taking a multi-year approach to getting back to contender status. Early moves in free agency have left people wanting a lot more. How do you feel? Yeah, the, I mean, I, I feel right, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> I would like to say I feel correct uh, in my assumption previously. This does, it just feels like a reset to me. Um, I think people mistake the Cam Newton year. I think they think that was the bridge year, where, in my opinion, I think Belichick wanted to win that year. He tried to win, um, and Cam Newton was part of that. Um, and then they drafted Mac Jones, and I think they were they overachieved. I think they were better than he thought they were. And this year, knowing that all the contracts are coming up, and as much as the cap is crap, Belichick just didn't want to or couldn't swing all of the different contracts he needed to. Uh, so he let guys like J.C. Jackson walk. He traded away Shaq Mason. He let Ted Karras walk. You're left with literally just David Andrews and Michael Onwenu on your offensive line because, to be honest with you, I don't really count Isaiah Wynn. Um, 
and, and so well they have to count for him he's uh, making 10 million dollars fair point <laughs> they do have to account for that um but if you're a patriots fan you should be supremely underwhelmed by what they've done they have signed no one Good for you. You signed Terrence Mitchell. He's a nobody. He's never made a Pro Bowl. He, he he barely starts games. He's been on like five different teams in his eight NFL seasons. And again, probably another old for the most part. He's a veteran guy. So you, you get him on cheap money. What is it, a $3 million contract? Like, yep. whoop-dee-doo. He is not going to fix your secondary problems now that J.C. Jackson is gone. That room is still basically barren to me. So... I I would not be pleased if you are a Patriots fan, um, like you know certain former uh, hosts of shows that I worked on, who believe that this team is all in on Mac Jones and ready to rock, and, and they were going to get ready to win this year. Even like the current host of the show I work on, uh, you have to be supremely underwhelmed. Is there? Because uh, you know me, I'm ever the optimist. Of course, I like to, to definitely find silver lining. That's what they everything. say about you, Andy. Um, is there a, an opportunity to say, I kind of like what Bill's doing in a sense, in that he's not scrambling to give some other receiver? Because I don't think there were a lot. A lot of people targeted a number one receiver as as a need, and you know we can talk about the DJ Charks of the world or the Allen Robinsons or whoever. Are they really long term number one receivers for nope. Mac Jones? Absolutely no. not. So if you do that, I think you're going to regret that, much like maybe you regret some of the things you did last year. And I've talked about it. I think this is your best bet to be a contender is to have a good offseason, a good smart offseason this year, have a good offseason next year, and hope the 2023 season, after those two offseasons, you're back in the game. You're back in the ballpark of, let's say, a top four team in your conference or a top three team in your conference. Because right now, you're scrambling to think you have a shot to even win a wild card berth. Yeah. That is a bit of a long shot right now. Especially with the schedule you have. Like, you have to go to Green Bay and take on Aaron Rodgers this year. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Mac. this Mac's Je- ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Max real ready with everything. He's <laughs> He has a Joe Burrow offensive line. Probably worse right now, actually. Um, well, James Ferentz is worse than anything that Joe Burrow had in front of him See, I don't year. think James Ferentz will be a starter. Yeah, I think he'll be I- a backup because... I tend to agree, but you borderline a practice squad. Basically, you look at the current list of free agents uh, for the offensive line, and the fact the Patriots currently only have thirteen million dollars in cap space. Which, as I said, cap is crap. You can kind of finagle that. Yeah. Um, But you look at the list, and it's not outside of Teron Armstead. It's very underwhelming. And again, Teron Armstead's a tackle. He would just replace Trent Brown if you decided not to bring Trent Brown back. Well, what about the rumors, speculation, talk, chatter, Twitter? That the Patriots were considering Lael Collins, mm-hmm. the tackle, right tackle from yeah. the Cowboys. And I I came up with this yesterday on the Merloni and Fourier show. If you have you re-sign Trent Brown, he's your left tackle. Isaiah Wynn bumps into left guard. David Andrews is at center. Michael Onwenu is your right guard. And Lael Collins is your right tackle. That's a damn good offensive line. Yeah, I mean, Leo Collins is is good. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I think that would be an, a tremendous add if Belichick can get it. A, um, can he? What is Collins' contract? Didn't he just get a massive $10 contract? Ten million dollar salary per year. Okay, so you're basically just replacing the the Shaq Mason contract theoretically, right? Yeah. Okay. But in my scenario, you also have to re-sign Trent Brown. Yes, and you also have to give up draft capital in order to get Lyle Collins. So I think it comes down to how much that capital is because Bill Belichick just showed you, at least for guards, he doesn't value very high seeing as he traded a top-five guard in football for a fifth-round draft pick. Mm. Um, 
Some and, people believe he traded his best overall player. I, I And I wouldn't argue that. I, I think there's a chance that that's actually very much the case. Shortly after his second best player left. left. in free agency. <laughs> and uh, Matt Chatham made some stupid idea that he let him walk so that you can draft Zion something, Johnson, I think, out of BC. The, oh, yeah. uh, the massive guard is rising on a bunch of boards, and, and he, he might be great, cool, but you're, you, that means you have to pay a first-round pick at guard. What, like that, the value there wouldn't make any sense if he's trading a top five guard in football that's only making ten or thirteen million dollars for a fifth round pick. He wouldn't then go and use a first round pick on a guard. It doesn't. Plus, you have value wise, that just doesn't add up. Needs at cornerback and linebacker and wide receiver. Yes, for a coach who has found offensive linemen, especially guards and centers, in very late rounds and undrafted. Yeah, that that's a strange. That's a strange stretch of a take, in my opinion. I, like, yeah. Okay, so at, you're hoping that if you draft a guy, he becomes Shaq Mason, but you haven't you haven't solved anything. You yeah, just you, you're just things out. You're just replacing, and and it's literally like nothing changes. Um, right. and, and so I I like the idea of Lyle Collins. I just don't know, um, if they can necessarily swing it. Right? Like it's like yeah. I'm just that was guess, my I, way. It to comes spin down to compensation, this. doesn't it? That was what my way to spin this positive and say. You've realized you're going to have limitations once again in the passing game. You're just going to load up on the line and say, with my two-headed monster, we're going to rush for about 2,500 yards between uh, Damian Harris and Mondre Stevenson, and that's who we're going to be. And you want to know who you're going to end up with instead of Lyle Collins? It's going to be like Riley Reef. That's going to be your right tackle this year. Isaiah Wynn's going to be on the left. You're going to have Michael Onwenu at one of the guards, David Andrews, and then you're going to go scoop up like Bradley Bozeman or something for like $2 million off the veteran uh, free agent market. And it is going to be disgustingly bad. Okay, so here's uh, a column I posted this morning on WEEI.com is it feels this is this is the usual Bill Belichick offseason. We need to yep. acknowledge that. This sure. is what he usually does. Over Correct. the last 23 years running the Patriots, this is what he does. Value, you know, low-level trades, building a team, not collecting flashy talent. The the outliers are certainly last year, but then the 07 or the Stefan Gilmore, the years where he did splash a little bit, but more often than not he did this. And guess what? It worked. But there was a simple foundational aspect to that working, one caveat. And it was Tom Brady. It was a franchise Correct. quarterback. <laughs> now, maybe he's all in on Mac Jones is that franchise quarterback. Because that's how he's kind of acting. You know, I wrote that. It, it feels well, like Well, you said it, too, on Merloni and Fourier. You said it feels like this weird second-year hazing ritual where yep. it's like, all right, Mac, you're, we're going to throw you to the dogs. Let's see if you can float. Swim or sink, boy. Let's see it. And, and he thinks he's going to swim. Like, he wants him to swim. He's not yep. hoping he drowns. But he's like, prove your mettle. We, we compared it. Fourier brought up, I think it's the Army Rangers, where they try to break you and you ring the bell when you quit. Yes. And, you know, will Mac tap out? Will he ring the bell? No, damn it. Give me another. Like, like he's the freaking U.S. Uh, Olympic hockey team t- doing another down. Again. Again. That's Mac Jones just taking it to build it up later. But I get these mixed messages. I keep coming back to the word mixed messages. We need all these old guys we need all these for leadership like no i don't get it i told you we talked about this when we talked about free possible free agents for the patriots and 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 i said and i was more lenient than you and i was like yeah you keep like one maybe two one on each side of the ball just so you have like a veteran presence in the locker room on every side of the ball so you keep like slater mccordy 
and uh, you know another offensive veteran, and you just call it a day, and like one of each, and you're good. And yet, instead, they're just bringing all of them back. And uh, it's if indeed we're talking about 2023, not really talking about 2022. What are you? I guess maybe you can say these leaders are training your future leaders, like, but they've all already been here with yeah. a lot of the same guys. Like I use the example. If you think Kyle Duggar in 2023 is going to be the centerpiece of your secondary, he's going to take that final jump to Pro Bowl safety, whatever you think. Is McCourty here this year to make sure he continues to to lead in the right direction and work the right? I just, I'd rather be investing in guys that are going to be playing in 2023. Because in all likelihood, White, McCourty, uh, Slate, they're going to be retired in 2023. Yep. They won't be a part of what I think could finally be a contender again if you do this right. So what are you gaining long-term? What are you giving up long-term to have those guys on the roster? I just And there's some kick the can. With the McCourty contract, you now have salary cap hits of over $4 million for 23 and 24. You're kicking the can down the road to Correct. keep him on the roster, which you could have just let him walk this year, eaten the, I think it was Six. $4 million or $6 million this year, and then you're free and clear from him. And, you know, you'll be free and clear from Nelson Aguilar next year. You'll be free and clear from Isaiah Wynn. All of a sudden, if I do this right, I'm free and clear heading into next March with some opportunities to maybe not go crazy like last year, but be a little bit more aggressive than you are this year. So I'm – I just I, – I'm confused. I'm mixed messages. It doesn't make uh, any sense, right? It's just – it's such a weird scenario. And so we talked about the one out of town free agent they signed. Uh, I want your opinion on the one out of one other out of town guy they've even acquired. And that would be via trade from the Cleveland Browns. They got linebacker Mac Wilson. Do you know anything about him? Does do you think he's a contributor to this team? Anything along those lines? I think Mac Wilson is probably just about as likely to be cut as he is to be a That's a what I thought too. contributor. And I've seen I know Curran came on uh, the midday show and sort of uh, inferred or said, oh, maybe this is uh, a scheme change or reflects a trend in a different direction yep. or something like that. What? This is a yeah, garbage for garbage trade. He's like a lighter than um, normal linebacker that the Patriots would target or something like that because he only weighs like 233 instead of being you know upwards of like 250. Like Did they your high towers they and your Juwan Bentleys. Their crap for their crap. These two players exactly are remarkably the same. Yep. They they were impact players early in their career. They're going into their fourth season. They're no longer impact players. They no longer play. Like, this is the typical, both guys could be cut. Crap for crap. At the end of training camp. What we were trying to get them to do with Nikhil Harry all year. Correct. And like, I, I used that example yesterday. I said, the, the thing we talked about where Nikhil Harry for Andy Isabella. Yep. If you made that trade, would we be saying this, like, Oh, great trade. Some sort of oh change on offense. No. And this is really no, we'd be saying, yeah, we'll see. Maybe yep. a change of scenery, or maybe they both get cut in their new places at the end of uh the training camp, at the end of August. Like I don't Yeah, excellent young producer here at the station, Justin Turpin, mentioned to me uh this morning as he was leaving after his overnight how Mac Wilson only played twenty one percent of snaps for Cleveland. Yeah. He, he's not if he if he plays that much for here, you'd be happy. Like he's probably, if anything, he's going to be like a special teamer. Like oh yeah, this he played fifty percent of Cleveland snaps on special teams. Yeah, this there, is... there's a chance he's he's one of your, you know, Brandon King is gone and he's one of your new special teamers. Great, and that's that's wonderful. That does not in, that does not initiate a change in philosophy. This guy was a fifth round draft pick, not a first or second round pick. Like, like at least with 
with a guy like when Belichick traded for Barkevius Mingo, right? Like at the yep. time, he was a former number one or former first round draft pick. There was a lot of potential there at the time. Maybe he was just underutilized or, or, or wasn't used the right way. And so Belichick bringing him in, new environment, maybe he has a great time. He didn't, but there at least there was that optimism. There isn't that optimism with Mac Wilson. The guy was a fifth round pick. He was pretty good at Alabama. He like he wasn't all that highly regarded. He came out in the draft. He was okay in Cleveland, and now it's a crap for crap trade. As the contracts are gonna come to an end, and that's fine. It is what yeah, it is. It, it is. It's 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 really not even a blip on the off season radar. You know, like maybe maybe you I'll be two weeks into camp and be like, well, this Mac Wilson's not bad. Maybe he will have a role on this defense. But I just I wouldn't put any expectation. Yeah, I wouldn't on that. get excited about it. I mean. I think there's a better chance that uh, McGrone, the the kid who didn't play a year ago on NFI after being hurt, maybe he's got a chance. But Ronnie again, Perkins, does he have an impact? Maybe, but they're all major question marks. They, <laughs> Huge question marks. We know literally nothing about them. If you put any stock in that, like any, yeah, I feel because re- I can't tell you how many. Even if Bill does, by the way, I'm not even just limiting this to Tom Curran or outsiders. I can't tell you how many times over the years. I've heard behind the scenes, oh, Bill really likes this guy. He thinks if if, the, if this if things go right, this is his sub rusher. This is his uh, inside rusher. This is his that. This is his big nickel safety. This, and you know what happens? I would say more than half the time, nothing. They, they're in nothing. training camp. They're on the practice squad for a year, and then they peter out. Poof. Because Bill's wrong just like the rest of us. He has hopes or projections or expectations, and – you know, this is an inexact science. These are human beings. They don't trend the way you think they're going to. They don't get better, bigger, faster, whatever the way you think they're going to. And it doesn't work out. So I just, I, there's so many holes at linebacker. Now, I know the one old, as we use Andy Gresh's term, that is still um, out there is Dante Hightower, right? Like, yep. I guess you could still bring him back. And the way they've done it, I guess it wouldn't be stunning now that Ooh, they've signed old. just about everybody. Um but again, why? Like, I'd much rather see you throw Mac Wilson and McGrone and Uche out there to the Wolves to some degree and see if any of them, like we were joking about Mac Jones, seems like you're throwing him in the water to see if he can swim. Throw some of those guys in the water, see if they can swim. What's the worst that happens? They let up a key long touchdown run to lose. Oh, wait, you already did that with your <laughs> veterans, so why not? And, and but I think the other thing, too, to me is it's like, I think you have so many holes to fill. Now at this point, um, and you don't have a ton of draft capital. Uh, a couple of guys, a couple of people have tweeted it out. I'm looking right now. Henry McKenna tweeted out all the official Patriots picks in the 2022 draft. They have first, second, third, fourth, fifth, two in the sixth. That's it. There's no extra picks in there. It's just one around and then two in the sixth round. Like you have to go and sign somebody, right? You have to right. sign. Well, they're going to trade down. Just so you know, that's mm. definitely a possibility. Yeah, hundred percent. Multiple picks. There goes, there goes that first round receiver we wanted. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Lions. You know what's, the piss Lions. Me off. The Lions are going to trade up, or the Jaguars are going to trade up from the second round to draft a receiver, and you're going to trade out. That's if they exactly trade out, and Jamison Williams goes in that slot, or Drake London goes in that slot. Oh, you're going to lose your mind. Pissed. I will um, as well. As we dabble in draft though, and talk about free agency, and talk about salary cap, your guy. What's that guy's name that you like? The dorky guy who's now Which a shady uh, uh, advisor for gambling purposes. Uh, Matt? No, is it Matt? Who's the the dorky guy? Matt? I know huh? you. I know you steal his takes. He writes like books about analytics and teams and Warren Sharp. Warren Sharp, not Matt. 
Warren. Uh, Warren <laughs> Sharp is like the most popular analytics guy in football. Warren Sharp tweeted something out yesterday about, you know you've drafted poorly when your top eight cap hits aren't draft picks, weren't drafted. So, and it wasn't for the Patriots. It was a screen capture of somebody else. Yep. So, let's go through the Patriots' top cap hits right now. Matt Judon, how'd he get here? Free agency. Hunter Henry, how'd he get here? Free agency. Nelson Aguilar, how'd he get here? Free agency. Jonu Smith, how'd he get here? Free agency. Isaiah Wynn, how'd he get here? Free agency. Oh, uh, draft, sorry. Draft, but you wish he wasn't here, and you wish he wasn't <laughs> among your top. Yeah, correct. Uh, Devon Godchow. Uh, that would be free agency. Jonathan Jones. Uh, is he a draft pick or free agency? Undrafted. Ooh, undra- okay. Kendrick Bourne. Free agency. Uh, David Kendrick Andrews. Bourne's in your top list of f- contracts? Yeah, he's, he's embarrassing. Like ninth. David How does Andrews. that make sense? Uh, that would be undrafted. Okay. Dietrich Wise. Drafted. Actual draft pick. Woo. So other than Isaiah Wynn, it takes you, I believe, to the 10 spot. Two of your top 10 cap <laughs> hits go to draft picks, one of which most fans wish you hadn't given. And I think the other people would say, wow, Dietrich Wise makes over $6 million a year? That doesn't seem like return on investment. It yeah, really... Warren Sharp was tweeting out about the Jaguars. Uh, okay, just to so mocking that. the Jaguars. Correct. How about he mocks the Patriots now? Yeah, the Patriots are in the exact same boat. Same exact boat. Same exact damn boat. So this is certainly an example for those that said Belichick went through a four or five year span or the collaborative or whatever you want to blame on it, went through a bad span, couldn't draft because now you have nobody on the books that are your top money makers that are draft picks. He had to go spend last year. And now all those bills came due because all those contracts grew to set, you know, Judon's got an 11 salary. Henry and Aguilar and Smith all have $9 million salaries. They all blew up in their second year, but that's an example. Like those slots in, in an ideal world, your top slots are filled by the guys you gave extensions to. Yeah, they should have been J.C. Jackson. Right, Uh, J.C. Jackson. Although, again... Undrafted, but at least least the undrafted guys are homegrown, right? They They are, but I wish there were draft picks in here. Fair. No, I completely agree with you. And, And hopefully, in the future, guys like Christian Barmore will be on that list. But they aren't right now. And I think that's going to happen again next year. Because a lot of a couple people have made this point now, where like the Shaq Mason trade wasn't necessarily to free up a ton of cap room this year. It's more so for 2023 mm. and put them in a position to do exactly what they did in 2021, which is go and spend a crap load of money in free agency. You know what the problem with that is? That also no guarantee. A, no, you there's no guarantee for anything because you're going to get some hits. You might find another Matt Judon. Judon and Henry. Yeah. And but Bourne. you are also going to find Nelson, Nelson Aguilar and Jonu Smith. Exactly. So, and, and worse than the draft, which is also an inexact science, at least when you blow a pick, you just blew the pick. Yep. If you blow this, the guy's on the books crap for load of three money. years. Right. Exactly. Like you have Jonu Smith and you're like, damn, 26 million dead if I try to get rid of that guy. That's why it's, it's the same thing with, uh, I think the Rams, that's why the Rams philosophy, in my opinion, has become so much more uh, favorable, right? Is because what they're basically telling you is ultimately it's, I am trading potential and unknown commodities and draft picks for known exact commodities and guys like Matthew Stafford or Von Miller. I know exactly what I'm getting with those guys, whereas draft picks or... And what Belichick does, shopping on the bargain bin, you don't know exactly what those guys are. Are you going to hit sometimes? Sure. 
But at the same time, it's, a like you said, an inexact science. The one thing that's interesting, you bring up the Rams and you compare them, that I, I find interesting with them, like they they went the 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 all-in route with a guy like Jalen Ramsey. Traded, I believe, two first-round picks. Correct. For Jalen Ramsey. Yep. And then gave him $100 million. And then went and traded two more first-round picks for Matt Stafford, by right. the way. So, like, they certainly have a aggressive, borderline, crazy Yeah, um, I, I think approach. they are the extreme, right? I think, like, you look at the Rams and the Patriots and or normal Belichick, like, this offseason, they are the two extremes. Yes, one couldn't team, get further apart. One couldn't. team is just selling out at all costs, and the other team is like, eh, I'll take Terrence Mitchell on a $3 million contract. Okay, so we know what has been done in big picture, little picture. We kind of talk about it. Where do you think we're going here? Like what? What I mean, what's a realistic shine projection? Since you predicted a tank year, like what the hell's going on moving forward? So my my thought is, excuse me, you you sign a couple guys that can have impact, but you need to get contracts on these guys that are longer term. I guess is how I would phrase it. Like if you're going to sign, and that's why I think Allen Robinson is just unlikely because. An Allen Robinson, Robinson contract right now would probably be like one for 15 or 16. First of all, you don't have that cap space, first of all. So you need to create more. Secondly, I don't think one-year deals right now, other than just to fill holes, is what Belichick wants to do. Because, again, if, if the thought process for me especially, and, and I know you have outright said this, is to start contending in 2023. That's when you yep. become a legitimate possible contender and you maximize the final two or three years of the Mac Jones rookie contract that's 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 exactly what the Chargers are doing right mm-hmm. so year one they didn't really know what they had in Justin Herbert he was re- he was amazing year two they spent a little bit but not a ton and to kind of see where he was and he did really well they just didn't quite make the playoffs now in year three with Justin Herbert they're like okay we know exactly what we have at quarterback this is how we need to reinforce that and they go out and they get Khalil Mack in a trade on cheap money they're going to get they pay JC Jackson a ton of money um I think they brought in another receiver too to add to Keenan Allen and uh or add to Keenan Allen because Mike Williams left oh no Mike Williams got the contract so they kept Mike Williams there and so now you're looking at a situation where it's like okay now we're putting all the pieces together our third year quarterback's going to be great and we have him under this rookie contract not just the third year not just the fourth year but also the fifth year and it becomes a three year legitimate window until you become the Kansas City Chiefs and you have to pay your guy a crap load of money or 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 the Green Bay Packers and you have to pay your guy a crap load of money and then also supplement him so and make him be superman so i i think that is Belichick's mindset is if he believes in Mac Jones which at this point, all signs would point to, I believe he does. Yep. Um, I, even if I don't, I believe Belichick does. And so the, the process there then is to maximize that three-year window of Mac Jones's third year to fifth year. Because that's when you have him on the cheapest money and you can get as much potential or um, as much good players around him as possible. And, and the and, salary cap is growing. And the salary cap, not, not just not just, yeah, not just growing, it is exploding in 2023, and then increases some more in 2024. So it's the perfect opportunity for Belichick to spend a lot of money. So two things off of that. You mentioned J.C. Jackson. Just one quick, um, not lamenting the loss or whatever. I would have signed him. It is what it is. Yep. Um, I think it's a great landing spot for him because oh, awesome. he's the fourth best player at best on that defense. Yeah, because so, it's Bosa, Mack, 
Uh, you also have and what Casey Derwin Hayward James. and Derwin, Derwin James. James. Casey Hayward's a free agent, so okay, he may not correct. be there. But this is not you know going somewhere where you have to be the best defensive player. You nope. have to turn it around. This is another piece go someplace where they have an elite pass rush and an elite safety, and you just worry about your half of the field. And when the ball's up in the air in your half of the field, go get it. Give me some of those interceptions you've made famous over your first four NFL seasons. I just think this is a no-lose situation. I know somebody— It is the perfect fit because— Other than taxes. Everybody's like, oh, (laughs) he's the tax bill from the state of California. Sure. Who cares? Pretty sure Massachusetts is pretty tax-achusetsy, too, isn't it? Yeah, but Mr. INT is going to be able to afford those taxes now. Right. So it's not a big deal. He's not going to care. And on top of that, like you mentioned, it it is the perfect spot because what makes— good cornerbacks even better a good pass rush because then quarterbacks have less time to look at what is in front of them and less time for receivers to just run around the shorter amount of time that a receiver or a corner has to cover a receiver the better off that good corner is going to be and so now that defensive line is going to create havoc what does that mean bad passes and bad passes are the perfect opportunity for Mr. INT the guy who lives on interceptions like this is could not have been a better fit for JC Jackson and the um, – I forgot what the other point was because I'm still looking at um, – I should not have opened the Patriots salary cap page while we were doing this. It's practice. not great, man. Well, because I also look at – I go through this like can you, like Tavai makes over almost $1.2 million. He makes more than Damian Harris. Dalton Keene, $1.1 million. Uh, Jared Stidham, $1.1 million. Daniel Aquale, $1.1 million. I know these are not big numbers – between them, but it feels like you have a lot of these guys. Yadni Kajust, $1.03 million. Harvey Longy, one point zero. Like, I just feel like they got a lot of guys with million-dollar cap numbers that I'd rather not have million-dollar cap figures on. Agreed. And I know the, the cap and the minimums have all gone up, and it just, I don't, I don't know. The, I guess I'm just, I've lost touch. I, I think I'm the old man. Things are just like <laughs> costing money that I don't think should cost this amount of money in the real world, in the football world, and and vice versa. Um, the the thing we joked about, though, with, with Mac Jones, like, do you think Mac Jones is aware of any of this? I asked, I think Fourier and I talked about this off air. I don't know if we talked about it on here, but like, Mac Jones, since the offseason has started, lost his offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach, and now you just took away at least two of his starting five offensive linemen, maybe three, depending on what happens with Trent Brown moving forward. Does he? And I know he said, um, what was the phrase he Not my first rodeo, yep. I think was his phrase. Like, if I'm him, I'm like, wait a minute. What are we doing? You Okay, so you, you couldn't add a receiver. You couldn't get me Devontae Adams. I understand. You know, beggars can't be choosers. In the next couple of years, it'd be nice. But you're taking things away from my ability to do my job at the highest level, and you're putting me in the spotlight. Like, this is on me. I'm the quarterback. Quarterbacks get all the blame and get all the, the the attention and the praise. And if this doesn't go well, if this is a tank season, like Shime says, I heard him on the radio on the Greg Hill Show, <laughs> if it's a tank year, my name is going to be attached to the tank. This is me, Mac Jones, year two. Oh, he fell apart. Oh, Pro Bowler, my ass. Like, do you think he's aware or even cares? Or is he so robotic from the, like, Saban world that, you know, that's what Fourier brought up. No, he comes from Alabama. In his world... When, you know, your tackle and your guard leave for the draft, you just replace them. Well, See, this isn't Alabama. Yeah. There's I, no five-star ready to roll right in. I think that there's a chance he's aware, 
But with Bill Belichick, I'm always unsure. I think if this was a different coach, maybe I'm just going to throw a random name at you, a guy like Mike Tomlin. I think if Mike Tomlin was his head coach, there would be transparency with his quarterback being like, hey, look it. Yeah, I know this doesn't look great. Kind of looks kind of bleak. We're rebuilding a little bit here. Got to wait a year, but then next year, don't worry. We're going to have everything in place. You're going to be able to lock and load and really pop off. But with a guy like Belichick, I, I just I don't think he's that transparent with anybody. Well, he's not. Um, exactly. I can tell you he's not. And so, including his players, whether it's, it's right. you know, aside from the media, like his players, even Robert Kraft, I don't think he has that level of transparency with to, to a lot of degree. And so, I just, I, I don't. I think Mac Jones might be self-aware enough to see what's going on, but I don't think that any plan has been laid out to him like it should be. If, if, if he is, in fact, your franchise quarterback, plans should be explained to the franchise quarterback so that he knows what to expect and how to approach it. Especially because that's, this, when riffs, that's when riffs right. happen and guys want to leave and go elsewhere. Especially in this new age NBA, NFL yes, very world so. of quarterbacks mm-hmm. where you know we're right in the midst of, you know, by the time this is posted and you're listening to it, Deshaun Watson may have a new football team. Could be in Cleveland or Atlanta or Carolina. Who knows where he ends new up? Orleans. New Orleans. Um, that's, that's the world. And you're right. If Mac Jones starts to wonder what the hell's going on around him, that's how riffs begin. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned uh, Robert Kraft. And I'm interested in that because, so a year ago, about this time, right before free agency started, Robert Kraft was like, I expect to contend every year. We need a quarterback. We need to solidify the quarterback position, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we had to spend, I had to spend a lot of capital that I'm not real happy with, blah, blah, blah. He talked openly about sort of the transition they were in. Yep. And then his team got back to the playoffs. Didn't go all that well when they were in the playoffs in Buffalo, but that's a story for a different day. You were in the tournament, as Parcells would say. You were dancing. Yep. So, and he said in the past, I I, I remember this because I, I love the quote, something to the effect of he, like a fan, season ticket holder that he used to be, he questions Bill in March and April just like everybody else, but he's learned that generally it pays off in December and January. What do you think Robert Kraft is thinking right now? Now, obviously, he talks to Bill. They have meetings. Yes, of Robert, they Jonathan. Do. Other people are involved in those meetings. Maybe Matt Groh is in those meetings now. So Bill has expressed some plan. I don't know how detailed it is. But what do you think Robert's thinking right now when he looks at it from a from a fan perspective like a lot of people so are I'm gonna, from the I'm going to paint a picture for you. This is how I imagine it. it I know I have, I've never met uh, either of the crafts, Jonathan or Robert. I've never met Bill. But this is just how I picture it in my mind. I picture the three of them in a nice boardroom. And Jonathan is very uh, easily flustered, or not flustered, that's the wrong word, um, easily triggered and gets f- frustrated with Belichick. Belichick kind of snorts a little bit, and he's like, what are, what are we doing? There's, there seems to be no plan here. What are, what the, he's very uh, to the point, very frank, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and Robert kind of sits there waiting for Belichick to answer. Belichick goes, look, I got to do what I got to do to make sure we have long-term success. And Jonathan's not happy, and Robert kind of sits there like, are you sure we're doing the right thing? And Belichick has to reassure him a little bit. Not He doesn't have to sell him, but I think they've worked together long enough to the point where Belichick tells him, you know, I think in the long term we're going to be all right. I this, this may look ugly right now. I fully acknowledge that. But don't worry, years to come we're going to be fine. And I think that's similar, and Jonathan's probably mad about it, and he's like, no, damn it, we want results now. And, and so that's, in my head, that's how I view this. Because I view... Jonathan is being very much so, uh, I'm going to use the word, passionate 
uh, when it comes to ownership of a team in that he just he wants to win. I think, and and that's just kind of my head, and I think Robert has that passion, but he's much, much more mild-mannered about it. In regards to Bill Belichick, that's this is how I this is how I picture it, Andy. I, you can tell yep. me if I'm way off or if I'm right. But, I don't think you're off. Yeah, and so that's kind of how I imagine this, and I, I do think that they're having conversations, and I do think that this year compared to others, Robert may have more questions for Bill. But I think ultimately, Bill's going to do what Bill does, and that's kind of what it is. And right now, I think he looks kind of dumb, but that's just me. So let me ask you a question. I'm going to present some some things that are facts and some things that are projection combine the two yep so jonathan Kraft looks at it this time eh, not quite this time let's just say next january jonathan Kraft looks at it and says um we've missed the playoffs two of the last three years and in the time we made the playoffs we were blown off the field like you wouldn't believe in embarrassing we shouldn't fashion. have been there we couldn't make the other team punt. And, oh, by the way, the other team is in our division, so it hurts a little bit more. That knife was twisted a little bit harder. Uh, Bill, what are we doing here? What exact well, – oh, we're, we're, we've used two years of the rookie contract that everybody tells me is so important, and we're maybe 500. In the, let's just say they go 7-10 and 10 this year, and they were 10-7 and 7 last year. So we're – what are we? 17 and 17. Quick yep. math, Andy. 17 and Good 17 job. in the first two years of Mac Jones's career. How does that play? Do people? Oh, by the way, Bill, you're about to turn 71 at this time next year. Like, I, I feel like there are some out because there's a lot of people that believe the Patriots are going to take a step back, whether it's uh, analytically because. I think Brian Barrett had this number, too. Wasn't it like the team that spends the most in free agency increases their win total by at least three wins that next year, but the following year after that, they have like an awful year. They they have a a regression. They have a step back. I don't know the exact numbers, but yes, that is accurate. There's different numbers and comparisons and charts, but yes, you get a bump, and then you you fall back the following year. And so it, it would not be crazy to think, as we watch the Patriots trade their best offensive player, at least according to Madden rankings, trade uh, okay, lose my- their best defensive player, J.C. Jackson. Wouldn't be crazy to think the Patriots are easily going to miss the playoffs. Agreed. By the way, Russell Wilson, as you kids like to say, has joined the chat yes, in, in Denver. And the Broncos are a better team. Oh, and the, the Chargers, Chargers, by the way, they're team. now a playoff team. Yeah, well... They need to get to the playoffs before I call them a playoff well, team. Okay, their roster looks like a playoff team. Let's put hundred percent, hundred percent. There's no excuse for them to not make the playoffs. But I don't quite trust your boy, Brendan Staley. No, what's his name? He's not. not Brandon. Yeah, Brandon Staley. He's not yeah. my boy. Justin Herbert's my boy. Oh, okay. I give. Um, I I was. He was the. He was the one person. Quick sidebar: Justin Herbert is the one person I was very wrong about that I have fully admitted and done a whole like three sixty on because he is freaking awesome. But he continue. Is awesome. Sorry. Um, but so it's going to be tough to make the play. And we, we did a poll on MF and I believe the majority, it was like 56 to 44, somewhere in there of Patriots fans that voted, believe they're not going to be as good next year. They're going to take a step back. There is a regression coming, um, which is, I, I even heard Fitzy say at best, this is a nine win team, nine and eight. You're probably not making the playoffs at nine and eight. You're not, I guess. Um, and you have to win the wild card because. You're looking up at the Bills in the division, and unless Josh Allen gets hurt, you're not going to beat the Bills, it doesn't feel like. So, 
What's going on? Like, I, I don't mean to be reactionary because no. I all these mediates. I think it's you're March right. March freaking 16th, and you think he's done. He's the greatest coach and team. He's the executive of the year for me. Yeah, year. but what do you have? You're great. You're a great executive. You're, you you had a wonderful run. But it's not – I'm not going to use history to support the fact that this awful roster is going to all of a sudden make the playoffs. Like, it's, that's not how that works. You don't have Tom Brady. There's a key point of that history that no longer exists in your current situation. And he was a, a n- massive factor in that, if not more than 50% of the reason that you were where you were. So I, it's it bugs the crap out of me that people are blinded by their uh, love of, or I, I guess, adoration of Bill Belichick. Uh, I, I, I obsession with him, maybe. And, and they can't wrap their head around that the team might be bad. Like and those people I don't I, I just don't understand. I always use the parenting example here of parenting kids and they come home with tests or report cards or whatever. Just because the kid did really good on the first 7 tests of the year, do I ignore the F on the 8th? Like yeah. I, I still assess everyone as we move along here yep. and then if he strings together, if he goes F C F, well now that's a trend. Now I flat out ignore the previous 8 because something's changed. Either you're not working as hard, you're smoking weed, you're drinking. Like, I don't know what's going on, but you're doing something I don't like that's adversely affecting your production in the classroom. And so, I think people also, too, are just so uh, – they, they they look at the word regression as this, like, doom and gloom, like, all of a sudden we're going to be the Cleveland Browns. I think there's still this, this, this part of Patriots fans that expect that when we say that there's going to be a period of regression, that they're going to turn into, like, the 1990 – New England Patriots. That's not what we're saying. This isn't, you're not going to become the Cleveland Browns. You're not going to become the Detroit Lions. It's not what we're trying to tell you. It's just that sometimes regression in football happens. Actually, not just sometimes. It always happens. Things regress to the mean a little bit. And you have had 20 plus years of tremendous success. To have a couple down years is gonna happen. No matter who you are or where you are, it is bound to happen i mean patrick mahomes was tremendous his first year in the nfl and the second year his touchdown number was cut in half but people still think patrick mahomes is great regression is okay it is going to happen there are going to be ebbs and flows that is the point of football football moves in a cyclical fashion and i think people always yell at me like i'm some nut job because i think a certain way about the way football moves but there's a lot of other people far smarter than me that I have learned how to, to, how to view the game that, that preach that, that, that football moves in this ebb and flow kind of manner and this cyclical manner. And, and, and I think people need to just kind of take a deep breath for a second and just understand that there's going to be down periods. You are going to have a lot of success sometimes, but you're also going to have a lot of struggles. It's a point of football. It's a it's a one game scenario. This is not basketball or baseball or hockey where you have a seven game series. It's one game, one day, four quarters. That's it. And then you put together a seventeen game season, and then once you get to the playoffs, it's do or die. And and so people, I I just don't think quite understand that. And. I will also say if the down years are seven and nine and then getting blown out of the playoffs and then let's just say another, you know, six seven and, and six ten and or something. So, eh, six and eleven is a little low. I was going to say seven okay. and seven and ten. Like you're not the Browns. You're not nope. in that dismal, just 
you know, picking first overall year after year and, oh, I missed on that quarterback, I missed on this. Like, in, in our world where you and I have accepted that maybe 2023 is a more realistic, you know, opportunity to be better, to compete, that, you know, a little down year here and there is 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 not all that bad. I kind of look at it like you should you should be talking to Broncos fans a little bit, right? I, I think they're a good example. They they were they had really high periods with John Elway. Then they went through a, v- a very big lull for a while, but they were in the playoffs occasionally with guys like Jake Plummer and stuff yep. like that. Then they hit the the peak again. They get Peyton Manning, and the team is awesome for for years and then Peyton Manning declines and so does the team a little bit but you're never like the Browns you're never picking first or second overall yeah you're picking in that 9-10 range a couple times a few times even but there's also some good spots and now you're 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 rising back up you you bided your time you built out the rest of your team and oh Russell Wilson falls in your lap, and now you are a legitimate contender again. And now you should expect success. And so that's kind of the standard that I think people need to need to understand. I'm going to be honest with you as we start to uh, wrap up this podcast. I think we did a pretty good job of um, reacting passionately. Hell, super fan types may say overreacting too much to Definitely. the early stages. And then I think we swung back around and and gave a more um, level-headed um, idea to the situation, level-headed perception to the Patriots situation. Now, I do think the one factor is Belichick's age makes this interesting. Yes, it does. And if you're 70, how many more years do you have? I know Tom Carn threw out five-year plan. I think that's overly optimistic. Um, I know Robert Kraft has thrown out apparently a 15-year plan to the <laughs> mid-80s. I think that's just ridiculous. Um, so Belichick's age does play a factor in this. But, you know, the sky is not necessarily falling. It's not. But they're also not going to the Super Bowl this year. There you're, you're are somewhere in the middle. Yes, exactly. You have to understand that there are some foundational building blocks. But it is how you approach it going forward that is going to matter in the long run. We are not – I said this – Greg keeps calling me this dark cloud uh, of negativity for Patriots fans, but ultimately, I want I want I want people to understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like if you do this the right way, you it looks bad now. It looks really friggin' bleak right now. But if you build it out the right way, and, and you can trust Belichick to ultimately do that, having seen what you saw for twenty plus years now. There is a light at the end of the tunnel where you will be a competitor again. Ultimately, though, you just have to make the right moves, and that's kind of what it is. Boils train down to. coming for you, and it's about to blow you up into a million <laughs> smithereens and be a bloody just. Come on, Andy. We're not nihilists here. We're trying to we're trying to instill hope in Patriots fans a little bit. Okay, so as we finish up, getting to know Chris Shime. Uh, what's Chris Shime's future? What are his aspirations? Where does Chris Shime see himself in five to ten years? Oh man. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess. I, you know, at least for the, the foreseeable future, I'm going to continue to be the executive producer of the Greg Hill Show. I've finally become an executive producer at this station. I love uh, how you throw that around. Does that put you ahead of uh, John Anderson? Uh, we're technically both executive producers, but uh, because uh, I, I like to say that I'm ahead of John Anderson. I've technically been here longer than him, um, but I, we, I just, you know, I'm just now an executive producer. I was always an associate producer. Now we're we're on this we're technically on the same plane, but you know you're in the better time slot, so you're the higher guy on the totem. You're damn right, I am. Um, And so, uh, so, so for the foreseeable future, I plan. I you know I see myself doing that, but I do have aspirations to to have some more on air time. Uh, I think you know doing a podcast with you is something I was very excited to start doing, and I love doing. 
trust me, I, I love to be able to just talk football for you know, 45 minutes once a week at least. Uh, and with someone like you, I enjoy doing that very much. So I, oh. I hope to continue to do this podcast as long as you don't leave me. Um, and then, you know, eventually, you know, make my way on the air a little bit, whether it's, you know, weekends to start or whatever, uh, however that may happen. I would like for that opportunity and, uh, you know, to kind of go from there. Keep growing my uh, the, the Shine brand uh, alongside the uh, WEI brand. When are you getting married? Uh... <laughs> Well, now, now that I'm an executive producer, Andy, that's mar- far more feasible. Um, yes, we uh, financially feasible. Yeah, we decided to put the house before marriage, but you know that will uh, that will uh, you know come in due time. Uh, the house been... before the marriage, okay, with your family? Are you a religious guy? You went uh, to BC High. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't consider myself like I don't go to church anymore. Um, but I, uh, I am very familiar with religion, and I, I am like. Uh, what is it? Con- confirmed. I am confirmed. So is that okay with the family? Yeah, my my parents were fine with it. My parents are very uh, to to my parents' credit. As much as I give them shit, or oh, I'm shouldn't whatever. As much as I give them crap all the time, um, they are pretty progressive people and they're understanding people. And so like they were they were totally fine with it. They they kind of get having uh being divorced. They kind of understand a little bit more uh knowing your partner better. Before technically getting or necessarily getting married, uh, that way you know you might uh, have a better shot at a longer haul marriage. So you're not living in sin; you're just doing some uh, research and preparation. For the- <laughs> yes, it's just preparation for marriage. It's 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 all but a formality at this point, Andy. I okay. feel like I feel like a house is you know as big a commitment as a ring in some cases. So you better put a ring on it. Yeah, you know we'll get there. So Beyonce, one day at a time. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for another episode of Getting to Know Chris Scheim, buried within another episode of the Off Day Podcast. We are in the midst of the off-season. Free agency is just about officially underway. Lots of comings and goings and big moves across the NFL. Biggest move, J.C. Jackson, gone from the Patriots to the Chargers. Second biggest move, Shaq Mason, gone from the Patriots to the Buccaneers. As someone joked on Twitter... He didn't do it while Tom was in his last few years in New England, but Bill helping Tom win yet another ring, <laughs> potentially, by giving him Shaq Mason, help him protect him down in Tampa Bay. Whatever happens in the coming week, we will be back to analyze it, break it down, and potentially, throwing this out there, haven't actually discussed this with Shime, but if there is a blockbuster, wow, can't believe it type move for the Patriots, we might even consider an emergency podcast. Ooh, emergency pods. I'm in if on emergency to, pods. I'm a little bit... Um, dubious that we'll have to do that i'm not sure there will be a move that would uh require us to do that unfortunately i don't have high hopes that mm. that is the case but if they if do these hopes and dreams that they get deshaun watson that would require a uh deshaun yes pod. if deshaun watson's coming we are do- well wow, that's a bad phrase sorry strike that from the record <laughs> um then we are doing a podcast if dk metcalf somehow were yep. traded to the Patriots, emergency worthy Devonte Adams, Devonte, any of those guys, we would do an emergency podcast. Otherwise, we will be back in our usual Wednesday recording. Hope you're enjoying it. Download the Odyssey app, easiest way to get us and all the shows on Weei. If not, get our podcast elsewhere and follow us on Twitter at Off Day Pod. Uh, Shine will be tweeting once he figures out the password to that account. Correct. <laughs> all right. See you, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to the Off Day Podcast with Andy Hard and Chris Shine on WEEI.com and the Odyssey app.